Welcome to Exhibition and Xbox Podcast, episode number 26. My name is Samuel Adams, and this week's show is packed with Halo Infinite going gold. On top of that, we have the 20th anniversary celebration recap with some pretty big announcements for backward compatibility and FPS boost. Additionally, we're catching up on some news that we might have missed with some pretty big Xbox exclusives that have been revealed from industry insiders, and Forza Horizon 5 continues to kill it. But before we jump into that, I did want the say if you missed last week's show, you should go back and watch it. I had an Xbox 20th anniversary conversation with the Xbox Drive Sean Capri and the Xbox Expansion Passes Luke Lore, both of which are fantastic guys, and we had an awesome conversation around our love for Xbox, their past experiences, how we all got started with the console. Really good time, and I'm so thankful for those guys and for having them on, and I look forward to inviting them back in the months ahead because they are just great at what they do, and they have a huge passion for Xbox, which is perfectly right at home here on this show. But that's not all. Next week, I have a very special episode lined up for you all with Witchbeam, the studio behind Unpacking, a fantastic little indie darling that has taken 2021 by storm. And so I'll be joined by Ren Breyer and Tim Dawson to talk more about how they built this world, the Foley sounds that have made it so robust, and so much more. Very good episode that I have lined up for you all, so tune in, stay subscribed, and you'll see that hitting feeds next Sunday. But as I said, we have a huge show to dive into today, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's start off with the big kahuna, the Xbox anniversary celebration, because that's where the majority of this week's big news stories came from, including one of the biggest news stories of the year, and that is that Halo Infinite's multiplayer is out now. At least in beta, but beta in name alone, really, because the battle pass is already active, the XP that is earned is going to carry over into the full release on December the 8th, and it seems like the team is truly using this opportunity to run a beta. They are making active changes ahead of the full global launch on December the 8th. And I think that is very significant, because there were a multitude of issues on day one. I don't mean issues in terms of the stability of the game or the server performance or connectivity. I think all of those things worked flawlessly considering this was a worldwide simultaneous launch. The servers never went down. A couple of hiccups at the beginning, just after the announcement, but that was worked out almost instantaneously. The experience within Halo Infinite right now is phenomenal in terms of gameplay, but the biggest issues came from the way that the battle pass progression worked and the speed of that progression. And I'm sure that many people have heard this on social media, so I won't harp on it too much here today. But the battle pass was an incredibly slow grind on day one and really on days two and three because you were essentially earning XP based on challenges rather than via matches that were played. So traditionally, if you play Call of Duty, you'll earn per match XP that continues to kind of, you know, propel you through the levels. And within a weekend, if you're playing for 15 hours a day on Call of Duty, you can grind a prestige in one weekend. But right now, it's nearly impossible to even hit level 10 in the battle pass unless you're playing this game like it's your full-time job, which if you are, hats off to you, live your life. Uh, but a lot of people don't have that opportunity. I work full-time, I do stuff on the side, and so I had probably put about eight hours into the game and I had just hit level three. 
not exactly ideal. Uh, so the team did go back, make some changes, and they are still making adjustments as of right now. There are more changes to come, and they are exploring new ways to allow people to earn more XP. Uh, but right now, there is now per-match XP that is implemented in the form of kind of a, a Band-Aid-style challenge on the daily challenges where you can continue to earn and grind XP, and so it feels like more of a natural progression. Still a bit slow in my opinion, but ultimately things are good. Uh, I have also heard online that they need more dedicated servers in other regions because there is some latency issues uh, that are impacting other members of the community outside of the United States. Uh, and so I can't really speak to that kind of experience. But in the grand scheme of things, considering last year we had a game that had to be delayed by an entire year, Halo Infinite is shaping up to be something that is incredibly positive, uh, and the reception so far has been phenomenal in comparison to other games that have launched this year, i.e. Call of Duty and Battlefield. Uh, but I will also say that the campaign has yet to come out. We see that coming on December the 8th. There is not going to be any kind of co-op or forge modes, which we'll talk about more in a moment. Uh, but the campaign previews have also been released this week, and I'm not going to dive into that because I prefer to stay completely and totally away from the preview content. I don't want to watch the first four missions, which I believe is what's out right now. I want to go in completely cold. I want to be able to have an unbiased opinion on the game. I am excited beyond belief, and I'm going to hold out for that. But from what I'm hearing so far in the Twitter sphere, things are incredibly positive. The game runs very well, and people have said this is the silent cartographer of the game, which is exactly uh, what the team has been going for. So I cannot wait to check out that Breath of the Wild moment that Jez Corden, I believe, said, or I'm sorry, Jeff Grubb said uh, over on GamesBeat. But very much so looking forward to learning more about that campaign. As far as the rest of the 20th anniversary celebration, a lot of news came out of this one, and you can find the entire recap from Will Tuttle, the Xbox Wire Editor-in-Chief, over on the Xbox blog. But of course, the big piece of news, Halo Infinite's multiplayer beta is available now. On top of that, the story of Xbox is releasing on December the 13th. I know Xbox insiders excuse me, uh, can also gain access on December the 12th if they did want to log in and check that out. But essentially, this is a documentary style style uh, piece of content that shows you how the original Xbox came to be. It is the story of Xbox, four gamers, one idea, and a billion dollar bet. As someone who's a huge fan of Noclip, which is a video game documentary team led by um, uh, Danny O'Dwyer, sorry the name slipped my mind there for a moment, uh, I cannot wait for this and this was one of my favorite announcements uh, from this week's show. So stay tuned for that. I cannot wait to check that out. It's going to be on Roku, IMDb TV, YouTube, Redbox, and others. So stay tuned for your streaming options there. But on top of that, you can celebrate 20 years of Xbox with over 70 new backward compatible games, and this will be the final round of backward compatible games. Effectively, they are running into copyright issues and trademark issues, and so the team is no longer going to be able to continue pumping out these improvements and continue bringing older games back to the forefront. But there are a plethora of games for you to check out, and here are the 70 new additions that were launched this week. 
lots to dig into here, but some of the standouts for me are 50 Cent, Blood on the Sand, of course, that is kind of a cult classic, Binary Domain, The Fear franchise, which is a massive addition, Ridge Racer 6, Red Dead Revolver, which is a classic, the game before Red Dead Redemption, which kind of sparked this love of these Western games from Rockstar. On top of that, the entire Max Payne series is also getting some backward compatibility support and tons of other games on top of that, including Time Splitters and Time Splitters 2. So, if you do want to check out any of these games, you can find them now available via backwards compatibility. I know some of them aren't even listed on the store anymore, so these are going to have to be obtained via disc, or if you have an old collection of Xbox and Xbox 360 games, this could be a great option for you. Uh, but it's awesome to see these games continue to get support, and on top of 70 games getting added to the backward and compatible list, you also have FPS Boost being enabled for 11 of those titles. So, again, awesome to see that because FPS Boost really does add an additional coat of paint to these games, and it makes them feel so much more modern. Uh, and I think that's something that is very, very important. Whenever you have so many games that are supporting 60 and 120 FPS at 4K, uh, it's good to see that some classic legacy experiences, like Binary Domain, uh, are going to be getting that support and near. These are games that require that uh, to really get the most out of the experience. Fear is also included there as well. Uh, I would also be remiss not to mention the Gears of War franchise is also now getting FPS boost. So instead of only having to play 60 FPS through Gears of War Ultimate Edition, you can go back, earn those Xbox 360 achievements, and play the original. That's something that I think is a huge win. And then Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion, of course. Oblivion was running horribly before uh, because it was a last-generation game, and now it is completely and totally rock-solid. Uh, perfect opportunity to check out Dead Space 2 and 3 as well. So, you know, lots of FPS boost love coming in during this 20th anniversary week. It's unfortunate to see this round of backward compatible games be the last, but it's also understandable considering where we came from and where we started from uh, back in 2016, I believe, if I remember correctly, and where we have come to today, because we now have this entire back catalog of games that are now modernized, that are now brought to a new generation, and that will continue to be supported in the years to come. You know, the fact that I can dive in and check out Oddworld Munch's Odyssey on the original Xbox on a Series X uh, with modern improvements. That's something that's very significant in terms of gra game preservation, which is something Phil Spencer has been very vocal about over the course of the past week. Bringing these games forward with us is so important to capture the art that the original developers intended. So awesome to see that, and it's also worth mentioning that some of these games, with FPS boost and whatnot, are also going to be coming to the Xbox Cloud Gaming Beta. So if you do want to check out higher frame rates on the go, uh, that's something that is also worth mentioning, and that's something that is super cool to see. Uh, on top of that, there is even more 20th anniversary fun. You have additional merch lined up in the store right now with some t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, cups, hats, anything you want to buy to really pimp out your style. And of course, plenty of 24-hour gaming live streams, Halo Infinite tournaments, so much more here in the blog itself. Uh, but something I'm interested in is Xbox Pioneer's Creativity and Innovation, Past, Present, and Future. This is a discussion that will be moderated by former Nintendo USA president and COO Reggie Fisame and feature Xbox visionaries Robbie Bach, Ed Fries, and Peter Moore, along with Bonnie Ross. 
That's going to be a very fantastic conversation. You can tune in on November 22nd at 10 a.m. Pacific time on Microsoft's Alumni Network's YouTube channel and the official Xbox Twitch channel as well. Uh, but between the conversations that were had and the interviews that have been hitting podcast feeds over the course of the past week, uh, the 20th anniversary celebration has not only brought fans a lot of things to look forward to in the future, uh, but it's also honored the past, and I think that's a massive win for the industry. Uh, one of the ways they've honored the past is to bring these 20th anniversary Xbox controllers into the limelight. The box is on the shelf behind me. And I think the box speaks a lot to the goal that Xbox has, which is to build the future by taking inspiration from the past. And so if you were paying attention on social media, you might have seen something that I retweeted earlier this week. And if you don't follow me, hmm, sounds like a you problem. Uh, but all kidding aside, on the box of the 20th anniversary uh, controller that I'm holding right here today, you see a design hidden and you can only see it with a black light. And so when you shine a black light on the front of that Xbox controller box, you see the original Duke controller on the box for the 20th anniversary Xbox Series X and S controller. And to me, not only is that a cool homage to the past that honors 20 years of Xbox, that also speaks that the original passion, the original goal, the original design is still within the Xbox that we have today. And so I think that's something that is incredibly significant. And of course, you've seen Microsoft abandon certain pieces of tech over the past few years. You know, you've seen them completely diverge from that original goal of making this unified entertainment experience with TV and gaming coexisting in the same box with the Xbox One. Uh, you've seen the Kinect all but disowned. There is no uh, record of the Kinect within any of the Xbox branding that we have today. Uh, and so it's understandable to pick and choose what you remember, but overall, that same core goal uh, is present in the hardware that we have today, and I think that it's also present in Halo, with Halo Infinite coming, and everyone talking about how this feels like the silent cartographer on such a large level, uh, which is of course an iconic level within the world of Halo. And so to be able to have all of these throwbacks and to be able to have these games uh, that capture that original vision, uh, I think that shows that Xbox 20 years on is still just as focused as they were back in the day. A couple of misses here and there along the way uh, through the Xbox One generation in particular, but there is still a lot to celebrate and they certainly did celebrate it in a big way and those celebrations will continue in the months ahead. Uh, but to talk about this Xbox 20th anniversary controller, if you can get your hands on one of these, super cool. I have a YouTube short up right now on youtube.com slash jampacksam that kind of gives you a rundown of how the controller looks, gives you a close up, and then it shows off that custom dynamic theme they have loaded onto the controller and that's the only way you can get that dynamic theme. So stuff like that is uh, super, super cool. And it's also worth mentioning, uh, the Halo Elite Series 2 controller also comes with a couple of bells and whistles built in there. There's an in-game charm that is the controller itself that you can equip to your assault rifle in Halo Infinite that's only able to be obtained by getting this controller. And while that's kind of... Uh, bringing an exclusivity conversation into the mix where I would love to have that weapon charm, but I don't want to drop a hundred plus dollars on this controller, 150 plus dollars on this controller. It's still worth mentioning that adds so much value to these things beyond just having a cool looking controller. So I'm in support of that. You can let me know what you think in the comment section down below or hit me up on social media, but 
No matter how you cut it, a lot to celebrate this week with 20 years of Xbox. Now let's move on and talk about Xbox Cloud Gaming because the service has launched on consoles this week across both new gen and old gen hardware. And this is super significant for discoverability. And we'll talk about that more in a moment. Uh, but this news comes from Catherine Gluckstein, the vice president and head of product at Xbox Cloud Gaming, who writes, wow, what a week it has been celebrating the 20th anniversary of Xbox together. And we've got more news to share as we take another step toward our mission of bringing gaming to more people where and when they want to play. Today, you can play Xbox Game Pass games from the cloud on your Xbox console. We're excited that Xbox Cloud Gaming Beta is now available on Xbox One and Xbox Series X consoles with a Game Pass Ultimate subscription. So, the big takeaway here is that they are doing this not to provide a way to constantly play these games. You could if you wanted to, uh, but more so this is being used as a way to try out games. Catherine continues saying, quote, We know from you that you want to find and try Xbox Game Pass games before you install them, and today we are enabling just that. Now you can discover and try lots of different titles quickly right from the cloud until you land on one you may want to also install, which is still the flagship experience for Xbox consoles. In addition to that, getting a game invite from a friend for a game you haven't downloaded yet is no longer going to stop you from joining right away. We've built it so the experience is fast, easy, and a great way to discover your next favorite game while saving space on your hard drive for the games you plan to play again and again. This is massive because I dove in and played a little bit of Sea of Thieves. This is not a game that I would traditionally dive in and play. I've heard fantastic things about Sea of Thieves. I know it's very much so fun with friends, but it's not really something that I have a connection to. And so I wanted to check out A Pirate's Life, which is the big... Uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean expansion that came out earlier this year. And so it was nice to be able to jump in without having to download, without having any kind of time constraint. I just checked out cloud gaming from the get-go. Now, was it the same exact experience that I have when I download and install a game? Absolutely not. There was a little bit of latency. The resolution was obviously upscaled from 1080p to 4K, so there was a little bit of blurriness to it. Uh, and the frame rate wasn't a full 60 FPS. It was at some points, but it kind of hovered, it wavered a bit, because again, it is streaming and I don't have an enterprise level uh, connectivity to the internet. Uh, it is what it is. But it did give me the opportunity to play some of the game and to see if it would be something I would be interested in diving more into. Will I? We'll see. Not my top priority right now, but it was fun to be able to dive in and check it out. Uh, and I think that it's going to be a fantastic benefit for those that do want to explore different games. And with 100 plus games on Game Pass, it takes away the need to download and install stuff before you dive in and just give it a shot uh, for the games that are supported. Of course, not every game is an Xbox Cloud Gaming game, uh, but they mention here, Recompiled, A Medium, The Rift Breaker. These are all games that can be played through the cloud. And so that's something that I think adds an incredible amount of value. Uh, but on top of that, it's also one that bridges the gap between Series X and Xbox One. Uh, for those that can't afford a console or can't find one to upgrade right now, you can dive in and play some next generation games without the need to actually have a next generation console. Of course, the experience 
is going to be largely similar to what you would find from a port of the game. Uh, again, depending on your connection, it could be a lower res, it could be a little bit more latency mixed into your gameplay experience, but if you have a solid connection and an Xbox One, it's something that will get you through until that hardware becomes more available or until you can afford a Series X or a Series S. Uh, and I think that's something that's fantastic because it does make this so much more accessible. It makes games like The Elder Scrolls VI and Starfield when they launch more accessible. Uh, and I think that is something that is going to be incredibly significant in the years to come. So if you do want to check it out right now, they're promoting it pretty heavily on the Xbox Marketplace and on the very front of the Xbox dashboard uh, with a lot of options there, including Psychonauts, No Man's Sky, Minecraft Dungeons, a lot of big games to dive into. So check it out, see if it could be something you want to bake into the way that you experience your games. Now let's jump back to a November 11th report from Windows Central's Jez Corden, who is giving us details on two big Xbox exclusives coming soon. These have not been confirmed. This is not something Microsoft has put out, but instead this is something that is very significant in terms of what you can look forward to in the future. So first, we have Compulsion's Project Midnight. Of course, this is a recent acquisition from Microsoft, and they say, quote, We received some details on Compulsion's first outing as part of Xbox Game Studios, currently codenamed Midnight, this upcoming title is supposedly a third-person action game set in a dark and fantastical world. Some of the game's early concept artwork can be seen above. They represent the game's protagonist alongside warped harpy-like humanoids that appear to descend through various iterations of mutation. On the left, we can see what appears to be harpy nest-style dwellings built atop a tree. Midnight is described as a coming-of-age tale, drawing upon inspirations from America's Deep South. The game features magic and large fantastical beasts with a strong southern gothic vibe. The game is a wholly single-player experience with what has been described to me as a strong story. I love a lot of words in there, but I like the magic. I like this mystical south kind of vibe. And then on top of that, I love a good single-player narrative, so I'm looking forward to learning more about this. But on top of that, Obsidian's Pentiment seems to be more of an indie-style game from a team that is known for a lot of very big AAA titles. So this news comes from Jeff Grubb on his premium Grub Snack show. Obsidian's indie-style effort is re-emerging from a small team led by Josh Sawyer, famed for his leadership on what is arguably the best Fallout game, writes Jez Corden, New Vegas, as well as a personal fave, Pillars of Eternity. I recently revealed the game's name with my co-host Randall Thor19 on our Xbox 2 podcast. Highly recommend you give that one a listen. It's being called Pentiment, which refers to an underlying image in a painting, especially one that has become visible when the top layer of paint has turned transparent with age, according to the dictionary. This naming convention hints at the game's premise by which you act as an investigator in 16th century Europe, uncovering the truth behind a grisly murder. Grubb mentioned that Pentiment takes cues from the likes of Disco Elysium and the branching narrative designs Josh Sawyer is known for. You'll be able to investigate and make accusations against the characters in-game, which could lead to cascading consequences if you're wrong. It will be a dialogue-heavy game with decisions to make and response options to choose from, which will shape your experience as you unwrap the murder conspiracy before you. That is something that I think is very enticing, and of course, it's coming from a smaller team. Uh, Jez Corden reports this is coming from a team of roughly about 12 people over at Obsidian, which means it's very similar in nature to what you see with Grounded, where it is not the focus for the entire studio. Of course, that's more so geared towards Avowed. Uh, but then you have this Pentiment game, which is something that I think is going to be, uh, again, branching out and building a new experience. And I think that that's the biggest takeaway from these 
new pieces uh, that talk about Obsidian's game, and they talk about Compulsion's game. Between Pentiment and Between Midnight, whatever these games end up finally being called, uh, I think that you begin to see much more diversity in the Xbox experience landscape. You do have your forces, you have your halos, you have your gears of war, uh, but then you have these newer indie titles that are coming out and trying to make waves. Uh, grounded, while not widely well-received by the majority of the gaming population or even played by the majority of the gaming population, it is a game that people enjoy. It is a game that has had millions of players since it was announced. Uh, and I think that shows that it will be a game that is remembered in the same way that you have Battletoads, which is not a massive mega hit by any means, but it is something that people enjoy. And I think bringing these experiences forward and getting them out to the public will generate those big uh, next generation games that are going to be redefining what people want to see. You know, looking towards the PlayStation ecosystem, at one point, The Last of Us was new. You know, at one point, that was something that was daring and new, and it was a new project from a classic studio in Naughty Dog. And so you see the same thing with Spider-Man, which is now so directly associated with the PlayStation brand coming from this iconic studio. Obsidian is the perfect opportunity to see that kind of thing replicated, and I think that's what we're going to see with Avowed. Uh, but on top of that, these smaller indie titles like Pentiment, I think that's something uh, that could be changing the game literally, when it comes to what to expect from these bigger teams. Uh, but very excited to see more. And of course, if you want to read the entire uh, report, you can head over to Windows Central. Jess Gordon has you covered. Very excited for what this generation has in store. Now let's jump back to Halo Infinite's co-op campaign and Forge modes, because while we are getting a single-player experience on December the 8th, and this ongoing open beta is going to roll into that full release for the multiplayer experience, you still will not be able to dive into the campaign with your friends, or into Forge mode until later in 2022, and we're talking about a good bit later in 2022, uh, about another three-month setback here, according to Matt Brown over at Windows Central, who is quoting the Eurogamer report, which said, quote, at the time we talked about campaign and co-op and Forge, I said our goal is to ship campaign co-op in season two, and our goal is to ship Forge with season three. Yes, we are extending Season 1, so our goal still remains what I said before, which is to ship campaign co-op with Season 2 and forge with Season 3, but those remain goals, those remain targets. So, the Season 1 for Halo's multiplayer experience has been extended from February into May of 2022, uh, which effectively sets up the rest of the timeline. And for me, this isn't a problem because I'm not a co-op campaign guy. I don't play Halo Infinite with other people, or I don't even play Halo experiences with other people. I've only gotten into a couple of multiplayer matches with my friends. I'm just a solo player, so this is not a problem for me. On top of that, I don't really use Forge. It's not my cup of tea. Uh, I know that for custom games, Forge is massive, and I know that for building these unique experiences that Halo has become known for, I think Forge is very significant. Uh, and so to see these setbacks is something that I think is unfortunate, but I'm still surprised, I suppose, that we are even getting Halo Infinite in its completed state on December the 8th, and I don't mean to, you know, demean the team at 343, I don't mean to put them down or to put down the work that's been done on Halo Infinite, uh, but as compared to what we saw last July, 
this game has come a very, very long way. So to get a very solid campaign that is worthy of being recognized as the next 10 years of Halo as we hit the 20th anniversary of the franchise, uh, that is something that I'm thankful for. And if co-op has to wait and a Forge has to wait, I think that's perfectly fine. And on top of that, as this kind of staggered release comes for these different experiences, I think this will breathe new life into the game at a pretty regular cadence. So if you play multiplayer right now and then you die off for a bit, then you come back on December the 8th to check out the single player campaign. You'll probably end up bouncing back to some multiplayer. Then as time goes on and you begin to fall off, let's say new games come out next spring. I don't know. Is anything coming out next spring? Just kidding, tons of stuff is. Uh, but then, the co-op drops. You return to the game with some friends, you have a good time, you play through the campaign again, you grind some missions, get some cosmetics, that kind of thing. Uh, that brings you back into the game. Then you die off again, then later in the summer, Forge comes back, your friends make some custom modes, and boom, you're good to go. You have now been in this ecosystem that continues to bring back new experiences. Uh, obviously, it's good to have everything on day one, but I don't consider this to be that bad. Uh, let me know what you think in the comment section down below. But that's what's going on with Forge and the co-op campaign experience in Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite is not the only game feeling a delay this holiday season, because Call of Duty Vanguard and Warzone are also feeling a bit of a push by about one week. But what's weird is that this push is not due to any kind of technical glitch or a bug that needs fixing or just to add some additional polish to the game. It seems like this is almost directly to compete with Halo Infinite because the official statement from the Call of Duty Twitter account is just an update. They write, quote, Update Season 1 of Vanguard and Warzone Pacific will now release December the 8th. Vanguard owners will have 24-hour exclusive first-play access to the Caldera map. Open access begins on December the 9th. Normally, there is some kind of statement around we strive to add a level of perfection to our game we're delaying by one week this seems to be a move to compete directly with halo infinite and this comes during a year where call of duty is struggling and activision blizzard is embroiled in tons of controversy and justifiably so uh, bobby kodak has been in the news throughout the week for the statements that he has made and the moves that he has made to drive this company into the ground um, the investors behind Activision Blizzard, a lot of the biggest stakeholders, are his close friends. And so effectively, they're protecting this man who is not only holding this company back from its full potential, but on top of that, making a very uh, undesirable work environment, a dangerous work environment for some people. Uh, and across the board, we're talking about sexual harassment, we're talking about crunch, we're talking about unfair compensation structures based on gender, that kind of stuff. Not looking good. Bobby Kotick needs to go. The stakeholders need to sell out. The whole company needs to flip around because things are not going well. And I think it's showing in the quality of the games being produced. I talked about this a bit a couple of weeks back. But Call of Duty Vanguard, as these teams begin to collaborate and as nearly every company or every development studio at Activision is working on Call of Duty, there's this kind of lackluster feel to the games uh call of duty vanguard i mean the majority of the reviews that i read or watched or whatever were traditionally just yep it's call of duty it's an action movie it is fine uh it's kind of just you know call of duty multiplayer once again it's call of duty nothing really to report here uh, it's okay getting like six, seven out of 10, sometimes eight, uh, depending on the, uh, on the outlet, but that's not what you want. 
how long can that be supported? Obviously, these games will continue to make money, but this year, reportedly, the sales for Call of Duty Vanguard have tanked in a big way. I know that I read a report where this was the lowest launch in the UK since Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare in 2007. And that may have changed since the time of that publication, uh, but it's not looking good. Uh, and on top of that, right now there is a free-to-play multiplayer weekend going on just one week after the launch of the game itself, which while it will sell copies, that's a, traditionally a mark that this game is not doing well. And they're trying to get more people in the door to experience the game. And so when you consider all of these factors here, Call of Duty is doing its best to compete with Halo Infinite, a game that has infinitely no pun intended, more fanfare and more excitement around it uh, as compared to Vanguard this year. I didn't buy it. I bought Cold War last year when it launched on the Xbox Series X because I wanted a next-gen shooter, but now I've got options. I've got a lot of options, and I don't really need Call of Duty this year because between Battlefield 2042, which I also haven't bought yet, uh, and Halo Infinite's free-to-play multiplayer, which again is free, everybody has it, I've got enough. I don't really need anything else, so that's kind of where it sits right now, but if you do want to check out this Warzone map, again, releasing to the public on December the 9th, releasing to those that own Vanguard on December the 8th, you can check it out if you do want to. Finally, to round out this week's stories, Forza Horizon 5 had the biggest first week in Xbox history. It is lapping the competition, writes Jared Moore over at IGN. The official Forza Horizon Twitter account posted, quote, Thank you to the more than 10 million Forza Horizon 5 fans for the biggest first week in Xbox history and Xbox Game Pass ever. GG. Over 10 million players in week number one alone. That's pretty massive. We talked about it two weeks ago when the game did launch. Effectively, this is one of the biggest next-gen releases, and it's a different structure than what we've seen before because the Friday before the week that Forza Horizon 5 officially launched on Game Pass as a free inclusion within the subscription service, uh, you did have the option to pay 45 bucks and get the full version of the game, the Ultimate Edition with the DLC and all the good bells and whistles and early access. And so that had already garnered 4.5 million players, whether they're on Steam or whether they're on the Xbox for PC app or on Xbox consoles, people were diving in. So this is a rolling total where you now have 10 million players in the first week and for good reason because Forza Horizon 5 is phenomenal. My favorite Forza Horizon to date. I played a bit of three, some of four, uh, but I'm very much so looking forward to spending more time with this game and grinding through these seasons. Just so much to play right now. You know, I want to get into Halo Infinite more. I want to finish Forza Horizon 5 and continue grinding through these and earn uh, all of the achievements and whatnot. And I'm also working on some reviews for some freelance stuff that I can't talk about right now. Uh, but I'm playing one of my most anticipated games of the year a couple of weeks early. I'll tell you more about that in the weeks ahead. But very exciting times right now for the world of Xbox. And uh, over 10 million people are excited as well with Forza Horizon 5 absolutely absolutely killing it during its launch time frame. That concludes this week's episode of Exhibition and Xbox Podcast. And of course, I've got to celebrate this right here. Halo Infinite has officially gone gold. We got this beautiful key art with some motion to it over on the official Twitter account, but awesome stuff to see. Very exciting holiday season ahead. As I mentioned earlier, if you're new to the show and you enjoy what you see or what you hear, hit that subscribe button on YouTube and podcast services around the world to stay up to date because we've got a lot to celebrate in the months ahead, and I can't wait to dive into it with you all. Again, next week, big interview with the Unpacking developers, so stay tuned for that. Can't wait to get that up for you guys, and I've got a lot cooking in the weeks ahead. 
So I look forward to seeing you soon. And until next time, keep on playing.